You're on Motorsport 360's Living Book with Andrew Clark. Rubens Barrichello has started more Grand Prix than any other driver in history. This week, he sat down with Motorsport 360's Living Book for a short story. So Rubens Barrichello, uh, welcome to Australia. Um, Thank you. Must feel honoured to be running in the first of these S5000 races. I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing thing for Australia. I hope the... It's um, an amazing thing for me too. I think that, uh, you know, in life uh, people might think, uh, okay, so Rubens have uh, have been in, in Formula One for 19 years, so such a such a thing to have him in S5000. But on the other on the other hand, it's the opportunity. Uh, to be visiting back a country that I've always loved, and uh, and to be able to to have the adrenaline running. Um, when I stopped Formula One back in 2011, I did uh, Indy cars 12, and then I race. Uh, I'm, I've been racing stock cars in Brazil since then, and honestly, racing once a month wasn't enough. And uh, to see my kids growing and back on the go karts and so on, I've started doing back. Uh, the go-karts to find the adrenaline and uh, it's just amazing I mean when you love something it's just uh, in the vein and uh, I we went uh, the three of us myself Eduardo uh, and Fernando my, my kids we went to Peru to qualify trying to qualify for the world championship uh, road tax and uh, and unfortunately they didn't but I did so I went to the world championship and raced <laughs> with the boys and finished fourth in the, in the world championship go-karts and uh, so with all that said it's a uh, I just love this and it's a it's an honor for me to be here yeah so uh, karting I mean karting in Peru uh, sorry Brazil when you were young um, was it a well-developed scene then I mean or was it just uh, a handful of races um, here and there no no it was it's uh, karting in Brazil has always been uh, strong really strong and I think that's why you see Brazilians developing as as racing drivers as as you go on so uh, obviously my dad didn't have the, the resources to, to make me run, but you know, it was a good bunch of friends that helped, uh, you know, and a, an engine from here, a carburetor from there, uh, half of the tires paid by one friend, half of the other. So it, was, it just made it worthwhile. And, uh, and my dad always said, look, if you want to do this, I want you to sleep every night at eight o'clock and I want you to study. So that's all I've done when I was a kiddo and I, I was able to, to do what he was asking for me and I was able to win my races and we just progressed. Gee, I wish my son would listen to me like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we've gone from there, obviously, um, you, you can build a career, I suppose, in Brazil, but that's not really where you want to be, is it? So you're always thinking as you're evolving, it's Europe, isn't it? And, uh, yeah. And you've hit Europe and um, immediate success there. I mean, did it yeah. feel like it was going to be relatively easy or...? Never, never easy, but I... The first time I jumped on a car in Europe, um, I was able to to score really rapidly, and people people saw my 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 talent. I was back. Uh, I was 17 when I was driving those uh, Formula Opel, the Vauxhall Autos, and I 
I was able just to you know to win the championship on the, on the first uh, attempt, and and since since that I just uh, kept evolving and I won the Formula Three British uh, Championship the, the the next year out. That put me into a Formula Three Thousand Championship that I finished third, and uh, I was able just to get the Formula One so early in my career when I was back, uh, I was still 19. Yeah, not as early as they're doing it these days though, is it? It's a yeah, strange world. Yeah, I mean, at that time I was one of the youngest. Uh, of of course now Verstappen, I think, broke the, the rec record being 17 and all the boys are much better prepared. I put this down to, you know, simulator times and uh, yeah. they, they can get better preparation in a way nowadays than we used to because for us it was getting to know a circuit was walking uh, on it it wasn't like uh, we could test uh, beforehand with uh, computers and uh, even so it was a great time mm. so formula one i mean um, was it everything you thought it would be when you got there i mean it's a it's a big game isn't it it's a big game but for me when i got to formula one i couldn't think about formula one as 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 a big thing it was just nice for me to to be able to be on the same track as as uh, Ayrton Senna so my hero on the same track that I race track that I was so it just felt so so good and uh, of course then you, you start to learn the business and uh, what you need to to do for to, to go fast and uh, it was much more on the mind mind game mind management than anything else you know for me to be able to race for those 19 years it was purely uh, mind uh, it's a mind game because you so many times you forget why you're there and you forget that you love the sport and this and that uh, that that is why today is so much easier in a way to come and, and just have fun with a lot less pressure but if you've got a car that's not really working well it's it, it is very hard to enjoy it though isn't it it's a, it depends the, the it, challenge that's, is what that's part of the mind game, game yeah. as well because at the end of the day if you are not in a car that it's uh, fulfilling your 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 expectations so um, you only have a cup for first second and third but you finish 13th uh, and you know that you give your very very best you gotta work for the next time to be able to to go for it. So, for example, there was 2007 when we didn't have a, a competitive car, uh, and we just finished those odds 13, 14s, and uh, but there was one day that it rained, and the choice of the tires was pretty much up the table, and people came on the radio to me in in Silverstone and said, uh, people are going uh, intermediate tires. I said. Uh, I want the rain tires. So no, no, but people are going into tires. I said, I'm not everybody. I'm. I tell you, let's go for the for the rain tires. And uh, and then I finished third in that race. And they asked me why did I choose the tire that was right at the time. And it, for me, it was so simple. You normally don't get wet inside inside of the cockpit in a in a car because you go fast and the, the, the wind just blow that. But it, my hands were getting soaked, so I knew rain was coming strong. So I couldn't go for the intermediate tires at that time. For me, it was kind of an obvious, but, uh, but uh, you, you never know. So, uh, so one of, if you're not ready, if you just complain about the 13th and the 14th, you're never gonna be ready when time comes to you because everyone will have a chance if they work for it. <laughs> 
So you make a Formula One. Your next thing is you've won a race. I mean, how does the first win feel? Um, My first win was was uh, was hard to get because it took me seven years to to win. Uh, but it took me seven years to actually drive a competitive car. So I drove for Jordan. I drove for Stewart. And then we we did have good cars at the time, and I finished podiums and I had pole positions. But I, I was never able to to really have uh, have a really good car. And it came in in Hockenheim, in a situation like this. People then pitted for wet tires, and I said, no, 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 I'm I'm staying on slicks. And Ross Brown at the time said, you're crazy. But they they did then compliment the phrase saying, uh, if you're crazy enough. Uh, and you ride, you're gonna win the race, and that's that's what it. Uh, I was able to do it, and that time I've also conquered a little bit more of the Ferrari team, and uh, and then you, you you just have your space that you grow inside Formula One. Mm. So I mean, succeeding has a couple of levels, isn't it? I mean, one is winning world championships or winning races or whatever, but there's also that thing of just being competitive for such a long period of time. I mean, yeah. you, you must take an enormous amount of pride out of that. Absolutely. And uh, and even here, I mean, I, I'm 47. People look at me, they think uh, when I'm definitely driving, people, the drivers look at me and say, Jesus Christ, he looks like 20. Uh, physically, they might look at me and say, he's 30. 30 something just because it's a uh, I'm, I'm still physically capable of driving the car and uh, and this is the most amazing thing I don't know for sure my uh, you know my 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 situation with the speed it's it's not on the way up it must be on the way down like everybody else I mean you get old and you just uh, don't you're not able to do as you used to on the 20s but I just feel so happy because 47. I'm still, you know, I, in an hour's time, I'm going to be qualifying the car. I look so much forward to that, and it's just amazing. I reckon it's young. Um, two things we can't avoid when talking about your Formula One career. I mean, the first is clearly Ayrton Senna, and such an important figure to Brazil, but also to you. Yeah. And that was a tough weekend. I mean, you'd had the huge crash yourself. And yes. How, how, how aware were you through that weekend of what had happened to Senna and things? I mean, had you been so badly hurt that you didn't know yourself? Or? Um, I've, um, I've, I've got to say that I've been lucky that weekend because first, I've been lucky a couple of times uh, in that weekend. First, because I survived. It was a hard impact. I swallow my tongue. Mm. When I say I swallow my tongue, you can see people trying to, to, to do something with the tongue, especially if you tell kids when you, mm. when you do a speech. And uh, I, I died for six minutes. Uh, so it was a hard impact and so on. But because of the hard impact, I had 90G impact. Mm. I've lost memory uh, for the event. So if you ask me, do I remember actually carrying Senna uh, in the cemetery? I don't. I remember because of, of the pictures, uh, you know, the, the way the way the mind works, it's, it's, uh, it's going back to the time, but I also didn't suffer that much because I, I, I don't recall very much the weekend. So um, I recall actually a week later, uh, the team said, the car is ready, would you like to jump in it? And I, I was afraid to be afraid because I never been afraid in a race car. So I said, I decided I'm gonna be crazy fast. And then if I have to crash again, and then I'll see if I if I'll be afraid. And uh, it was 
the love of my life when I jumped back on the car and uh, I knew it was going to be hard emotionally because Ayrton wasn't there anymore but uh, I needed to decide for myself if I wanted to do it or not. He's, um, he played a big role in helping you sure. to get where you got to, didn't he? I mean, yes. Uh, and I think a lot of people don't actually understand who Senna was. I think there's all of this thing about him being this steel individual and you know the couple of times that I met him he was far from that I mean yeah, yeah it must be special to have known him in, in a different kind of way yes yeah I mean it's um, I've I had the pleasure to to see the hero close by he was he was a funny guy and uh, but it took him a while to if he didn't get to know you you had that uh, separation that uh, he kept the space but um, yeah, it was just phenomenal to yeah. get to know him and to see his ability behind the steering wheel was just phenomenal. Yeah, Frank, wasn't he? Um, Ferrari, uh, long time there, but um, sort of almost like an understudy to Schumacher in a sense. Do you, do you feel like, were you frustrated or do you feel like you didn't quite get to where you could have got if Michael I hadn't think, been there? Uh, like or? I said, I, I got to a place where, where the setup was, was for Michael okay? mm. and then with time I've conquered my space through there I mean so many times the meeting the, the meeting that we had with the team was over and then they started a separate meeting Michael his engineers and and all the the top guys and that instead of actually complaining and saying why they didn't call me I just would grab my chair and just sit right right at them and uh, and then I, you know, I slowly started to conquer that. Eventually, after six years, I had enough, and um, I said, I, you know, I, I want to try something else. I had another year of contract with Ferrari, but I said I, I don't want to, because I, I thought we'd reach a limit where they either gonna give me the chance to fight for myself or not. So after six years, I had the pleasure to drive for them and to have everything I had, but uh, you know, but then I. I had to leave. Does it does it carry regrets? I mean, do you think no. that I think the regrets, regrets in life are just there for you to learn and to be better. So, if you regret something, is because I mean, so many times if you regret something, is because the problem might be in you, it's not in in the people. So, in order for you to to go forward in uh, in your thought and to keep on smiling, you need to learn. And uh, if, if, it were, if I had a choice to stay or, or go, I had two choices. It wasn't that uh, people told me to go. I mean, I remember times when uh, Michael said, I want to test the tires. And then the team would say, no, no, leave it, leave it for Rubens. He's, uh, he's going to do a better job. So I was, I was definitely good to them. And we made it as such a good team. Nowadays, you look at teams with two young, bright, uh, talents, but they have no idea. I mean, they have the idea on how to set up a car at the weekend, okay? Because this is normal. They they've been coming, but to have a vote of confidence on where to go with the development of the car, the team uh, they they have to rely on computers. They have to rely, and that's the wrong thing. And uh, you know, people say why Ferrari was so dominant on when we were there is because we knew what we want from the car. And you tell the engineer and then they do a good job. Right now they have they might have a great engineer but they don't know where to go because you know people just rely on times. Okay, so I went a tenth faster. But they don't know okay the wind has changed and that's why you went a tenth faster because the car behaved worse. So that's that's a 
you know, the Formula One business and the whole motorsport business. You need to, to have a vote of confidence when you're making to the, to the right path. And that's for sure, I've, I, I, I can't, you know, for me it's the, the pride that I have that I've put it a, a good effort on where everyone I went by. It's like engineers want to put data on everything, don't they? But some things just don't have data. Yeah, and, uh, and that's why I teach my kids. For me, I'm having a great time because what I'm telling you, I actually practically do it with them on the racetrack. So how did I learn to drive on the wet? My father didn't have money to buy me wet tires, so I went on slicks on a, on a wet track, and uh, he didn't know I would become so special on the wet. Okay, so off I went and I, I learned it. With my kids, I did have the money to buy their, their tires, but the first time on wet, I put them on slicks. So you do old-fashioned, but so, so many times it, it's got to be it. Yeah, so life today for you, I mean, it uh, seems like it's a pretty good thing. I mean, you're here and... Melbourne in September, um, with any luck you'll come back and run these things at the Grand Prix meeting. Uh, yeah. Bathurst you've flagged as a possibility, I mean, do you now just have the chance to just say, I'd like to have a go at that and, and sure. go and do it? It's a- sure, sure. It's, um, you know, the, the our uh, conversation it, it delayed 10 minutes because my son was qualifying in Laguna Seca and I was watching his oh. qualify, so I'm, I just love my life. It's, uh, of course, I had a choice to be in Laguna Seca with him or to be running here as well. In a way, I think dads would understand that. I said, if I'm there, I'm not going to be driving his car. I need him to evolve and to be better and to, to grow by himself. So actually, I'll let him live his life and I gotta leave mine as well and be there when I need when he needed it because this morning he called me and said that the car is a bit oversteer here and there what should, should I do I said what do you think you should do and then he told me I said that's correct so it's a great thing so yeah I'm, I'm here but I'm supporting him he's supporting me uh, I have the chances to to do more of this because of the opening uh, shout uh, shot on it um, you know I've been I've been a fan of the V8s for a long time. Uh, I've, you know, I talk to people. Maybe I can do the Bathurst uh, once, uh, any any time. I can do this Bathurst. I can. So it's great. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's, I, if I still have the body and the mind, I just should enjoy the time when I'm. I can be capable of driving. Cool. Well, it's been great to have you back in Australia, and um, thanks for sitting down with the Living Book and. Um Maybe next time you're here we can do a bit more. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much.